0: Good evening. How's everyone doing? Good. Ah. Alright. Now how are your revolut- or resolutions doing? Good. Alright. Well, tonight's going to be a little bit of a different night. Hopefully everybody on your way in got two hand, yeah, two handouts. Um, one on white letter and then the other one, the Journey 180. You guys all have that? If not, we have those um, in back, okay? All right, well, before we begin, let me go over a couple things um, that um, you need to know in order to make this journey pleasant. Uh, This is sort of the stewardess or steward moment, so um, pay close attention. (laughs) Um, Number one, um, this is the mind, so you're in the right place. This is not kaboom. Um, So if you need to go to Kaboom, um, tell your parents and head on out over there. Um, The mine starts at 645. From 645 to 7, um, we have worship, just an opportunity um, just to get our heart in the right place. Um, Anytime we study the word, we want to make sure we're in the right place and we're not just um, reading it um, to read it. Um, the mind goes from seven to seven forty five. and then from seven forty five um, to eight o'clock, we open it up for questions. okay? And any question um, is fine. we I will try to answer as well as I can. Um, I just went through the gauntlet of revelation, so I, I did okay there. Um, but I will try to hit as many questions as possible. Um, if there are additional questions after eight o'clock, we, we definitely release you guys, um, to go get your kids, but I will hang out <clears throat> in front and try to answer, um, those questions. There will, sometimes, um, I will frustrate you because I will say you're stealing thunder from week number four. I will get to it. Um, and so I'll try to let you know we will get to, um certain things eventually. So um, my name is um, Chris Hayden. I am the Missions Outreach Pastor here at Cornerstone. And um many of you probably didn't know I existed until Sunday. Um so it was good it's good to meet you. I'm excited to be here. This is um uh, my second run through um doing the mine. Um we've got a, a fun opportunity um this um spring, this winter and spring, um to really dig into God's word and to really um, try to find out um, what God is is telling us, what God's trying to tell us, and how it all sort of comes together. A little bit of my background for those who don't know me. Um, Lynn Winters was my youth pastor a long, long time ago, back when both of us were real skinny. Um, it was about 20, 24 years ago I met the guy. In fact, I first came to the youth group in Yekaipa. Probably about two months before I graduated high school, I had been I had came to the church for this big uh, drama that the church did, but I never went to the youth group, and it wasn't until about two months before I graduated that I went to one of um, the youth group's friend days, and Lynn did friend days even back in the youth days, and I, I got there and I went, wow, what have I been missing? And so I, I just was one of those college, college kids that hung out for a while in the youth group, trying to relive everything I had missed the previous four years. Lynn actually came up, funny story, uh, I was sitting in a car with my uber-popular friend. Um, we were both um, um, just graduated high school. We were both complete failures, and, um, but he was popular and I was not. I was quiet and shy, and Lynn, he'll probably deny this today, Lynn reached through his whole body, remember Skinny Lynn, whole body through the window over me and asked Dan to be part of the high school staff. Because Dan, you know, over me, and Dan he and Dan was just um, a fun guy, um, really, really cool guy, and they were, all the kids liked him. And on his way out, I don't know if he was tapped on the shoulder by the Spirit or whatever, he looked at me, he's all, how about you? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I sort of gave up everything and all my future life plans from that moment on and, and ended up um, hopping into the high school ministry. And I just fell in love. I just started working, volunteering, uh, became a volunteer intern because they didn't pay interns there. And um, just worked my way up and ended up becoming the youth, um, the fifth and sixth, or in Yukaipa, it would have been the sixth and seventh grade youth pastor. Um, some of you might know Bill Bush from Rock Point. Um, I was his intern um, at Yukaipa. Lynn then decided to plant a church out in the barren lands of Arizona. And again, I didn't know what Arizona was aside from a state. Um, and so I said, okay cool i 'm going to stay here, and I was a youth pastor in Yukaipa for another five years. Then Lynn calls me five years into corner, about four years into cornerstone and says, "Hey, how about you leave everything out there and why don't you come out here and we will pay you maybe a I don't know nothing that my wife says a nothing <laughs> Um, and you got eight kids and we we're meeting, we we're just getting ready to uh, um, hop into Hamilton High School, what do you think? And I was like, okay. And so we headed on out here, was youth pastor here at Cornerstone for about five years, and then I was part of Cornerstone's first church plant um, out to the Santan Valley. Um, <laughs> yay! There. And I didn't know what Santan Valley is. It was sort of like what Arizona was to me five years earlier. It was something that Moses was guided to. And so I went out there, fell in love with that area. We planted the Rock Eternal, which eventually became Portico. And about a year ago, as many people in here know, Portico ended up becoming Cornerstone Santan, our multi-site. And we get to say hi to them every single Sunday. And it's just a wonderful church. So I'm back here as the missions and outreach youth pastor or youth pastor 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 um here at cornerstone and we we have a lot of great things in missions um we're, we're heading out to india and in, was it 12 days yeah crazy um 12 days um so be praying for our team so that's me um so now we're going to start right here and if you guys can all stand up and introduce yourself one at a time no i'm just kidding um so let me talk a little bit about journey 180 just because i don't want this to be confusing everybody got one of these These are supposed to be handed out Sunday, but our print company forgot that part of the deal. Um, So we have them um, now, and they're going to be handed out um, church-wide this Sunday. Um, The whole idea, as I I sat down with Bill, um, the adult ministry pastor, and said we just walked through and said hey let let's figure out something in the growth area of our church and we got a great um growth ministries here remember the whole 3 to be thing um we've got men's ministry singles women's ministry small groups small churches um obviously the mine um let's see if we can do something for for the this season that really just gets people into the word and so um what we're going to be doing is something called journey 180 and on the inside everybody do this This is a five-month sort of Bible reader that will take you from beginning to end. This is not verse by verse, obviously. It's not chapter by chapter. It's not even book by book. We're not hitting all the books in here. What this reader is going to do is follow the exact same uh, chronology that we are at the mine, okay? So if you want to do that, there's a whole bunch of boxes to check off each and every day. That starts um, this Sunday, if you want to start this Sunday. And I would suggest don't start tonight, start Sunday, that way when you get to the resurrection part, it's actually on Easter. um, So we'll want to do that. On the back panel, it gives you a a brief little calendar with a whole bunch more boxes. So let's go down to the bottom one. That's the mine. These are the dates that we're having the mine this year. There's only two times we're not having the mine through May. The first one, we're having an all-church meeting. You'll be hearing about that on January 28th. And then March 25th, um, there is also no mine because we have a national conference coming in here throughout that week. Okay, But every other Tuesday night, we will be here um, walking through the Bible um, and doing that. Then there's a Sunday morning elective class. At 1030, we're going to be out in the tent. There will be heaters that will be warm, have a sound system video, all that kind of fun stuff. And what we're going to be doing there is doing the same thing here at the mine, but just not the same topics. If that makes sense, we're going to also be going through the Bible from beginning to end and we're going to be following. So if you do just the mine, you will get beginning to end of the Bible and you'll be happy. If you do just Sunday morning electives, you'll get beginning to end Bible and you'll be happy. If you do both together, it will be more comprehensive Because we don't have time at the mine or at Sunday morning to hit every single character in the Bible, every single story. But if you do both of them together, there will be no repetition. Um, We'll barely touch on some things that if you didn't go to the mine, you might want to know. But So those are the two options. You can do either or or both. And then, of course, the reader in the middle enhances that. So it's a daily sort of chapter reading. And then, just so we can get to 180, because that's what we need to do, um, there's an additional couple boxes here. Um, The comedy night coming up on March 26th. That's part of the conference. Everybody's welcome. Um, Michael Jr. is going to be here. He's been on Letterman, Leno. He's an amazing guy. You'll want to get your tickets. I put this on here first because I want you guys to be able to get your tickets before it sells out. So it's going to be March 26th in this room. Um, and then, of course, um, Last Supper walkthrough, what we're going to be doing this year is on Good Friday, we're going to be walking through the events that happened the night Jesus was arrested, the Last Supper, and we're going to take it from the Last Supper, we're going to eat the same food, experience, smell the same smells, and, and we're going to walk through exactly what happened from beginning to end, leading to the Garden of Gethsemane, the seven unfair trials, we'll walk through why they were unfair, leading all the way up to Sunday morning. So we're hoping then that will set our hearts and the tables for what happens on Easter. Because so many times it gets easy to get to Easter and forget what Easter is all about. So hopefully that will... Help there. And then, of course, during this session, we've got, um, five second Saturdays that I'd like to encourage each and every person to participate in. These are family friendly opportunities to get out in the community and serve. The next second Saturday is actually this Saturday at eight in the morning. It's over in the student center. And then, of course, we got friend day. So, um, this is, that is journey 180. So, hopefully, over the next, um, um, five months, we'll have 180 moments just to dig in and get a little closer. Um, to god all right so you guys ready to start all right you're like gosh you already wasted 15 minutes of my life all right so here we go check out this video and we'll get going
1: of life come, the writing comes to the surface. Your story and all of its baggage is written on your heart. But there's another story, and God says that we are to write it on our hearts. The Bible. Sixty-six books with over 30,000 verses. Now that sounds like a pretty tall order. But Jesus's life provides the perfect example of Scripture that is etched on the heart, When Jesus is tempted by Satan in the wilderness, his response is straight out of Deuteronomy. On his way to being crucified, Jesus continues to quote Scripture. And finally, as Jesus surrenders his spirit, he quotes Psalm 22. His Father's words were on the front of his mind and on the tip of his tongue at every moment. But Jesus didn't just know the Scriptures. He lived the scriptures. They weren't just words on a page to him. They were the foundation upon which he built his life. And God invites us to do the same. But Jesus said something pretty shocking about the scriptures. He confronted a group of religious leaders who were trying to earn eternal life by studying the scriptures and said to them, you're looking in the wrong place. The scriptures all point to one thing, me, For I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So don't think that the scriptures lead to eternal life. They don't. They lead to Jesus, the author of eternal life. And studying them is not about knowing a bunch of nice sayings. It's about knowing a person, Jesus. To know Jesus is to know scripture. And to know scripture is to know the heart of the Father for it contains the very words of God. His words were meant to become a part of you, to course through your veins, to be lived out. Something is written on your heart, and it's either your words or God's, either your story or God's story. So may you find your place in God's story. May you delight in his word. And may that word be forever written on your heart.
0: God's word. When I was growing up, um, I grew up in a not really a religious family. My grandfather went to church. My grandfather was um, a, a Roman Catholic, um, very staunch, um, um, never missed a Sunday. Um, my grandma, not so much. She was sort of her 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 own thing, and so she was. She basically said. Um, yeah, I believe, but I don't need anybody telling me what to do. Uh, my grandma was, um, pretty awesome. And, and so I grew up, I'm really not an, um, I knew some of the stories, um, I, vaguely, um, I, if it was on TV, if Charlton Heston played the character, I probably, um, knew the character. Um, I knew every, um, Easter there was a miniseries called Jesus of Nazareth and it had this real skinny British guy playing Jesus, blue eyes, and, he walked at three-quarter speed, never blinked, by the way. Um, um, it was fascinating. And so it, it always fascinated me, and I knew, of course, during the holidays that um, um, Jesus was a baby, and then um, along with the Easter bunny, Jesus died at some point. Um, I don't know if I ever really connected that the baby Jesus and the guy on the cross were really the same guy, um, the stories all seemed mythical to me. I equated um, um, Jesus and the Bible with um, other things, which I won't say in here, but that that um, might not have been true um, at the time. Um, I didn't know the difference between Samson and Hercules and um, all those kind of things. And so I, I grew up. Um, going, yeah, you know, th- the Bible, is it's a cool thing. We never read it. It was actually encased in a glass box on the wall. Um, we never really read it. And I didn't really go um, to church. Um, the first time I went to church uh, <laughs> um, was when I was in junior high. Someone, uh, someone on my baseball team invited me. And I went to the Sunday school. And I sat in the church. And I was like, oh, this is horrible horror awful this is so boring and, and and I just wanted to fall asleep and they they sung songs with words that no one used in the normal context of american society and and so um, it wasn 't until my um, fifth grade year that um, um, things started to fall apart at home and um, a second time and my sister 's dad had um, was an abusive guy, and he ended up um, thankfully leaving. And during that whole um, scuffle, um, these two missionaries came came to us um, when we were in an apartment. And they, they came across and they said, hey, we, we need to watch TV because Reagan had just been shot. I just dated myself. And, um, and so we want to see that. And so my mom's like, okay. And I was still fairly young. I'm not that old. And so I didn't really care. And so they, they talked in their four hours. And... Basically, um, didn't even look at the TV once, and they ended up leading my mom to Christ. And so, over the course of the next few months, um, this missionary couple who actually was from Scottsdale Bible um, um, was witnessing um, to our family in Highland, California. And um, a year later, when, when all, all hell broke loose in the family... Um, I was back in the back room and just talking with Rick um, Shell, who was the a missionary, and and he just walked through and said, um, "Here's who Jesus is, and, and just walk through the gospel with me." And and I'll be honest, I didn't understand everything. I still didn't know most of the stories in the Bible. Couldn't tell you how many books in the Bible, um, but I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, um, December sixth, um, nineteen eighty one, and um, from that moment on. Um, my life changed on the inside. I, I knew there was something greater than myself. But I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't necessarily live it. Um, the, the missionary couple moved to Idaho. We never got plugged into a church. And my entire junior high and uh, high school years, um, I sort of was, well, sort of. I was rebellious. <laughs> didn't really care for school. Um, got bored with school. Um I, I couldn't really get into the whole Christian music scene um, at all. Um, um, I, I, I grew up um, listening to Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and Black Sabbath and, and just um, I'm a metalhead even to this day. Um, and so I really didn't get into the whole thing and then again, it was when Lynn um, Lynn's youth group um, sort of brought me in. And so here I am as a collegiate a staff member in the high school ministry, and I know nothing about the Bible. All I know is Jesus is my Lord, and I, I want to help out the kids. And, and so I started learning in college what it meant to be a Christian and, and what this whole idea of the Bible was, but now I'm just coming at it with a whole different perspective because in college you get challenged on a lot of things. And so um, as a, a person who was studying history, I, I wanted to dig in and go, all right, so what does this mean? Because um, at church, I was afraid. I was a staff member, or in a staff member, a high school staff member. And so when the, Lynn was speaking, I would be afraid to open my Bible because I was afraid the high schoolers would see that I didn't know where Ecclesiastes was, or John, or Genesis. You know, I didn't know where any of that stuff was. And so I, I never really opened my Bible. And it wasn't until I, I finally. Um, Found this the study that really dealt with more of a historical look at the Bible and, and put it into a timeline for me, where I was able to go, all right, okay, I'm going to start at the very beginning. We know in the beginning, um, God created the world, and all, and then my first figure was this Noah guy. Okay, and and, and I understand who Noah is, and I, okay, that's so that's when the flood happened. Okay, and Noah's Ark. Okay, I'm I'm putting these together, and that happened around, and maybe. Two thousand five hundred bc ish okay and so okay, that makes sense, and then the next character was this Abraham guy, okay, okay, Father Abraham, I remember that that ridiculous song and, and, and so I know this guy, and I started putting some stories together, okay, Abraham and Isaac, and all this, okay, all right, I got that, and so he 's after Noah. Okay, that's good. So now I know the flood happened before Abraham. That makes sense to me now. And, and so I kept walking through. Okay, Moses. I knew a lot about Moses. I knew, again, Charlton Heston, um, taught me a lot. And so I understood the, the whole, um, Exodus thing. And the other thing I knew about Moses was the fact that he dealt with Egypt. And as a history person, I was like, aha, now we're getting into real history and none of this Bible myth stuff. I, okay, real history, Egypt. Okay. And that's about 1500 BC. So I know everything that happened, um, um, right here is before 59. Okay. So I kept going and I go, okay, here's David and Daniel and on down the line. And as I started putting these signposts in my head, I started going, okay, now at least I'm getting a flow going. Now, at least I'm getting a, f- a flow going. And so I know, okay, Solomon. Okay. Well, that's David's son. Well, if, if David's at around a thousand, so Solomon must've been around a thousand BC. Okay. That makes sense to me. And then I started just filling in the gaps. Just started filling in the gaps. And then all of a sudden, the Bible started to come to life for me. And then I started going, okay, well, if the Bible actually does have a timeline, and and if there really are dates attributed um, to the Bible, it must fit in history somewhere. And so I started looking at um, ancient history, and one of my major studies in history was um, um, ancient Siv. And so I started looking at um, some of the, the old empires, and, and, and Egypt, and, and Assyria, and Babylon, and, and starting to realize, oh my gosh, the Bible runs up against these guys. So where does Moses fit? And then I still had those nagging questions. Well, what does this have to do with China and the Western Hemisphere and the Aztecs and and all that kind of stuff? And I get to that later. And so as I started studying, slowly filling in the gaps and getting up to Jesus going, okay, well, Jesus um, is at zero, right? (laughs) So I I figured he must have been at zero. I'd fix that a little bit later. But um, I go, okay, so now I know where Jesus is. Because I'll be honest with you, when I first was a Christian— And I'll be even more honest with you. When I was first a leader in our student ministries, I would have a hard time telling you if Samson was before or after Jesus. I thought Jesus was just in the mix somewhere. Okay, And so now I really started studying Jesus. So as we go through this um, study together, the reason why we're going to go through a timeline format is because I want everybody to be able to put these things together. Now, I know some people are going, oh, my gosh. I, I, I know all this. I can teach this. That's, and that's great. That's great. Um, but, but there's also some people that go, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of tracking with where you were. The whole idea of this study is to be able to hit both fronts. Because we're going to be able to unlock some things and unpack some things that people who have been going to church for 30, 40 years are going to go, oh, I never knew that. Now that makes sense. Oh, I've always been afraid to ask that. Now, I'm not saying I know all the answers. I'm still digging and trying to figure some things out. I still have questions that I go, that doesn't make sense. And be honest, okay? Here's the other thing that we need to talk about as we study the Bible. Christians have an amazing ability not to be honest with themselves, okay? Oh, I know everything. No, you don't, liar, okay? (laughs) And I'm the same way. We've got to be honest and go, okay, that doesn't make sense to me. Even if it's embarrassing to ask, I'm gonna ask it. Okay? We want the Bible to make sense because when the Bible makes sense, it bolsters our faith. When one piece of the Bible makes sense, all of a sudden the domino effects hit and everything starts making more sense. And be honest out there, how many have how many have areas in the Bible where you go, all right, I'm just gonna believe it because I'm a Christian, but. I'm going to ask God at some point. because That makes no sense to me. Good, we're being honest with ourselves. Okay, it's okay to say I-, I still have to deal with a talking snake. I really do. Okay, I still have to deal with a donkey that talks. Okay, that sounds Shrekian to me. Okay, and so we're going to walk through some of the um, um, some of these things. So here, here's some fun things. Um, um, Bible facts. Um, how many books in the Bible? Anybody know? 66, Very good. Um, How many in the Old Testament? 39. Good. Math majors, that makes the New Testament what? Good. 27. All right. So in the Old Testament, there are 17 historical books. There are five poetic books. And there are 17 prophetic books. Okay? 17 prophetic books. By the way, this was a question I didn't know until maybe 10 years ago. What's the difference between a minor and a major prophet? Anybody know? Okay. Has nothing to do with the prophet. Okay, has nothing to do with the prophet. Has everything to do with the size of the book. If the book's a big book, it's a major prophet. The book's a minor. Uh, if the book's a small book, it's a minor prophet. Okay, because some big dog prophets don't even have books to begin with. Okay, Elijah. All right, New Testament, four gospels. Okay, there are four different stories, and we'll get to that. Four different stories about Jesus coming at different angles to different audiences. They all are necessary. 21 epistles. Epistle basically means a letter. There's one history book in the New Testament. Anybody know what that is? Acts. How many knew that Acts and Luke actually were one book at one time? They got split later. Okay? So Luke and Acts actually were one book. So if you read Luke all the way through Acts, it'll flow perfectly. It's one book that was split later, both by the same author. There's one prophetic book. How many were here in the fall? You know what that one was? Is to come. Okay, Revelation. Good. All right. Bible contains 1,189 chapters. It's a big book. Half the reason why people don't read the Bible is because it's big. It took me to my second year in college to read a book over 100 pages. I'm just, I know, it's, it's horrible. Teachers are just like going, oh, oh, I cheated my way in high school. I'm just being honest right now. Okay. The Old Testament has 929 chapters and the New Testament has 260 chapters. The longest chapter in the Bible is what? Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And Psalm 119 is a beautiful chapter because it's all, all except four verses, it's all about the Bible. And Psalm 119 was written in a way that children could memorize the entire chapter. Sort of how we sing A, B, C, D, E, F, G. What's the song that's to? Twinkle, twinkle. Okay, it's an easy way to remember the alphabet. They did this book so you could remember it. Each each little piece of Psalm 119 was to a different letter in Hebrew. Okay, and so children would study. And what was the thing they wanted to study? The Bible and how important the Bible is. That's the longest chapter in the entire Bible. What's the shortest chapter? People like... Psalm one seventeen, longest verse in the Bible. Esther eight nine. Now this one's important because for those of you who say, how many mem- do you have a memory verse? And if you don't, just always say this next one. What's the shortest verse in the Bible? John eleven thirty five. Someone recite it for me. Jesus wept. That's the shortest verse in the entire Bible. I remember up at Hume Lake as a counselor. Again, I I was pathetic. Um, They would, they would, we'd be running a race, and they would stop you. And your, and and your delay was you had to memorize, you had to recite a verse, and until you got it word perfect, um, you couldn't move on to capture the flag. So every time I got stopped, I was like, Jesus wept, Jesus wept, and I'd keep running. Jesus wept, and I just kept going, and they couldn't stop me because they were Christians. So. How long did it take to write the Bible? 1,500 years. The Bible was written over a span of 1,500 years. How many authors? And Don't say God. How many authors? Okay, look at that, 40. Okay, how many generations? Took over 40 generations. How many different places? And there is no exact answer. The Bible was written in wildernesses. It was written in houses. It was written in dungeons and prisons. It was written in palaces. It was written during war and peace, heights of joy and depths of despair. It was written on three different continents. Anybody know what continents? Asia, Africa. What's the other one? Europe. Good. Okay. And if someone in here is going to America, "Ah." (laughs) wrong study. Um, Three languages. Anybody know that? Hebrew, Greek, and the one that's forgotten? Aramaic, good. All right, so that's the Bible, okay? The Bible is an incredible book. It's a collection of incredible writings. The one thing we do have to say, and I sort of um, passed off on it, but it it is true that the Bible is inspired. Even though there are 40 different authors, the Holy Spirit inspired the whole work of the Bible. This is not a man-made piece of work. This is God-made. One other thing I want to talk about, and again, this is real, and this took me for a a while, okay? When the Bible was originally written, it didn't have chapters and verses and all that kind of stuff, okay? That was added later to just sort of help us find things, okay? So basically, when we say, uh, turn to Psalm 23, um, 23 is the big heading, the smaller numbers are the verses, okay? pretty basic stuff, but here's what happens in every single study I've ever done. Someone will come up to me and says, my Bible says this. And I'll go, oh, oh, shoot, I got to figure this out because I'm in trouble. And I'll look and they'll, they'll point to it and I'll be looking I'm like, oh, that's in your study notes. So here's what you need to understand. This piece is inerrant. Your maps are not. Your maps could be wrong. Okay. And inerrant means without error. Your maps could be wrong. Those little notes on the bottom, if you have a study Bible, those also could be wrong. That's the opinion of Zondervan or whoever translated your... So if you have an NIV, Zondervan is the publisher. So that's their helpful study guide. But those, don't, those aren't always accurate. In fact, I'll bet you some of your maps might be wrong in the back. And we'll study that when we get over um, to Moses. So again, the idea is to study the Bible and to let the Bible come alive. And if you're sitting in here and you say, you know, I've studied the Bible and I really want to dig into some intricate parts, we are going to, we're going to do that. We're going to do that both on Tuesday nights and on Sunday mornings. Um, but the goal is to put the entire Bible into context. Another thing that I need to warn you is um, we are doing a historical survey of the Bible. So we're going to be following a timeline. So what we won't be digging in, into in depth is like the prophets, okay? What's going to happen is when we get to the point where, where the kingdoms are divided, and we've got the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, we've got Israel and we've got Judah, and, and you start seeing those paragraphs that said, here's the king for this, and here's the... We'll study each and every king, and then we'll tell you, Isaiah was his prophet, Jeremiah was his prophet. Jonah was his prophet. And so we'll be able to do that. And we're will we going to have a lot of handouts. You guys like handouts? Okay, we're going to have a lot of handouts, especially when we get to that. Because we don't have time to spend an entire three months in Isaiah. We've got to keep moving through the historical context. So is everybody sort of with that, with that flow? Okay, cool. All right, so let's look, let's look at the, um, the whole idea of the history. As we go through the Bible, the Bible is history. There is a historical piece of this. And this is something that struck me incredibly odd growing up. Again, how many have ever seen or know what Narnia is? You guys understand C.S. Lewis' Narnia? Okay, that was the Bible for me. It was real, but you had to walk through this sort of dresser to get there, okay? it it, it nev- For me, and maybe I'm just unique in this room, for me, it never equated to real history. Does that make sense? And so when I'm looking at a character like um, Zephaniah, um, and I go, okay, so this guy is some prophet in this mystical land, and it wasn't until someone said, well, did you realize Zephaniah was a contemporary of this person? And I went, huh? Yeah, they lived about... Twenty miles from each other, and they might have known each other. Oh, well. Did you real, did you realize that? And that all of a sudden things started flowing, and someone said, "Hey, you know that whole idea of the Battle of Thermopylae? If you have ever seen the movie Three Hundred, um, do you realize that that evil guy that was Esther's husband? I'm like, no. Are you serious? Yeah, that historical guy was Esther's husband." Esther's real? <laughs> Here was a Christian. Oh, Esther's real. Um, and so what we're going to do once we get up to it, obviously, once, once we start moving up to um, and catch up with the history books, we're going to start saying, hey, here's when the Great Wall of China was built, okay? Here's why the Bible doesn't talk about the Great Wall of China, okay? Here's, here's Moses. Here's what dynasty he probably was associated with in Egypt, Okay. Here's what Pharaoh most likely was the Pharaoh of the Exodus. Here's the person that probably plucked him out of the Nile. Okay? David... Here's what was happening here. Here's why the Philistines. Do you ever know where the Philistines come from? And we'll start to dig into that history. So we're there's going to be times that we're going to step out of the Bible and go into what's called extra-biblical, and we're going to start looking at characters like Josephus, who was a, a Jewish historian, and start looking at some of his records. We're going to look at Suetonius, Tacitus, some of the Roman historians, and try to bring some color and some placement into some of the, the Bible characters. And, and we get to Solomon and... Solomon's the wisest man on earth, and the Bible says that all the world's leaders and all the teachers came and, and sat at his teaching. And, 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 and when I heard that, I went, oh, my gosh. That's crazy because Homer wrote the Iliad at around that same time. Maybe these half-men, half-God-type characters that Homer writes about might equate very much to what we find in Genesis chapter 6. And so all of a sudden, things again start making sense. When we look at Noah, we're going to look at his three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. And we're going to be able to go and we're going to give you guys homework. And again, we're not going to purposely give you homework, but we'll give you an opportunity to do some things. We're going to say, hey, I want you to go um, trace your heritage. Because everybody in this room traces back to either Ham, Shem, or Japheth. And we're going to follow exactly how that happens so we're going to get into some of those areas um, as well okay Um, so let's um, look at um, (laughs) um, the timeline real quick one other thing and I know we're running, running short tonight in the very beginning God did what he created what date was that we have no clue Okay, we have no clue, um, but I, we put this tree here, we put this tree here to say, here, here's the here's the Garden of Eden, here's the Tree of Life, and that tree down there is the Tree of Life that reappears in heaven, okay? And so everything we're going to be studying is going to be between the trees. Um, next week, we're going to get into the whole idea of creation, and we're going to talk about um, what it means, what was created, how it was created, who is God, okay? Is there any proof that God exists? We're going to talk about some of the philosophical proofs and, and stuff like that. Okay, and then we're going to start dipping into actual dates. Now, what are the problems with dates? The further away you get from today, the more sketchy they get. Okay, you're never going to find a coin that says 250 or or 2,500 BC. Okay, because they didn't know they were at 2,500 BC when that was minted. And so it's hard to figure out. Back, Back in this area... All the dates were in the first year of the second reign of, the, of this king. And, that, and that's how they... So dates get a little, little sketchy. And we'll walk through this pretty in depth on Sunday morning for those who are able to go there. But as we get closer to Jesus, the dates become a little easier to pinpoint. Okay, The other thing I want to make sure everybody understands is as we walk through the Bible, we're going to be following this thread. The Bible follows a thread from the very beginning all the way to Jesus. And it's this thread that weaves through history that leads up to the Messiah. Genesis chapter 1 and 2 deal with creation. Genesis chapter 3 deals with the fall of man. From that point on, man was in desperate need of a Savior. And that's when the thread starts. And so the entire Bible only deals with this thread. That's why it doesn't talk about China. That's why it doesn't talk about the American Indians. Because it only deals with the thread, the bloodline that leads up to Jesus. And so the first 11 chapters in Genesis are real important. That's why you have those in your reader. And those basically establish human government. It talks about sin. It talks about the first murder. It talks about... Um, 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 different things that we need to know. But starting in Genesis chapter 12, the Bible is basically a history of one family and its descendants, and that's Abraham. So if you are not a descendant of Abraham, there is a good chance you're not going to get talked about in the Bible. Okay? Doesn't mean God doesn't love what's happening over in, in the Orient or up in Northern Europe or over in the Western Hemisphere. It just doesn't have anything to do with the bloodline of Christ. So we'll follow Abraham. We'll follow his descendants. All those great parents called the patriarchs. And we'll follow that all the way up until we get to Jesus. Everything from the fall of man points to Jesus. Everything from the fall of man points to the cross when we get into the point where we're going to talk about the sacrificial system and why lambs had to be sacrificed, that all points to Jesus. Okay? Everything after the cross points where? Back to Jesus. Including where we are now. Everything points back to Jesus. Jesus is the focal point of history. Okay. He is the focal point of history. It's, it's basically his story. And so the Bible, the great majority of the Bible goes from there right up to here and it will end in Revelation. Revelation was written about 95 AD. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay, so the Bible once it stops there, there is no need to talk about what happened in the 400s or in the 600s or in the dark ages or in the there's no need. The Bible is complete at this point because everything we need to know to have a relationship with the creator of the universe is in those 66 books of the bible does that make sense okay everybody flowing is everybody excited about getting into the bible this this session okay good okay and i'm sorry tonight is really just an overview and we're really digging in um over the next couple um of months The other thing we need to understand about the Bible is it is a love letter, and I talked a little bit about this Sunday. It is a love letter from God to you. The Bible is not meant to be read like like um, a university person. It's supposed to be read like a letter written from your long-lost father. Something you want to dig into, something you want to study, something you want to know the personality to. One of the big mistakes as we go through the Bible, and again, it sounds weird because we, af- we actually offer checkboxes, but a lot of times when we read through the Bible, we just do it to get the checkboxes. The Bible is meant to be read slow and deliberate and to be studied. As we open the Bible, I want to challenge you, each and every day as you open the Bible, and you, you don't have to only do what's marked here, you can read a lot more. Every single time, I'm going to challenge you to open in a word of prayer and say, God, give me wisdom. The biblical definition of wisdom is seeing things the way God sees them. God, allow me to see what I'm going to read tonight or this morning or this afternoon exactly how you see it. Heavenly Father, help me understand what you're trying to teach me. Always open with that prayer. And then as you study, study it in context. Really try to put yourself in the sandals of the people. Don't just read about the story uh, uh, of Paul or the story of Peter or of Noah. Become Noah. Become Peter. Try to feel what they felt. Try to understand the situation. I promise you there's going to be many areas in the Bible that don't make sense. Jot that down. That doesn't make sense. And study it. Find out the answers, whether it's at the mine or going on the internet. Now, be careful on the internet. There's some misleading sites, so we'll try to get you guys some good sites. A great site, by the way, is gotquestions.org. It's a really good site to really type in any answer you have, and it, it, it's pretty legit. Okay, Allaboutgod.com is another great site. Okay, but we'll try to give you some of these study tools. But really try to put yourself in their position and allow the Bible to come to life. Okay? The other thing I'm going to challenge you to do is do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. We say this at the beginning session of every mind. Do not treat this as only a university study. Church is not meant to be a university. It's meant to be a hospital. A church is for three different people. Those who need to be saved, those who are saved, and those who are learning how to save. This is a moment where we learn how to save because when we dig into the word, it's not just just to bolster our knowledge or so we can tell everybody what the shortest verse in the Bible is. It's to ultimately be able to present the gospel. It's to be able to tell the people about what the good news is, and that's what gospel means, good news. And so our goal as we go through this next five um, months is to strengthen our faith, yes, strengthen our knowledge, but so we can go and tell our friends, tell our family, tell our neighbors about Jesus Christ. Please bring friends to this study. This study is open to anybody and everybody that wants to come. Same on Sunday mornings. Bring friends. If you need more of these to give to your friends, that's great. This is open. We want to fill chairs because we want people to hear the story of the thread line, this bloodline of Jesus Christ. And why is it so important? Why are some of these stories in the Old Testament so critical in understanding why Jesus needed to die on a cross? And why is it important to understand extra-biblical history, to understand some of the situations that happened on the cross? Because skeptics are going to come up to you and go, the Bible's false because every historian knows Pontius Pilate would not have relented to the Jewish leaders. Every skeptic will tell you that. that. That Pilate, that's wrong, and the Bible's wrong. But then you need to tell them, well, have you ever looked at a guy named Sejanus, Pilate's friend? And have you ever done a study on Sejanus? And once you do that, you'll go, oh my gosh, that's why Pilate was so afraid. That's why Pilate relented. That's why the Jews were yelling, crucify him. That's why these studies are important. So it just gives you that a little bit more ammo not to win a debate but to be able to help someone understand so we can take down barriers and they can understand who Jesus Christ is. I was a Christian for 10 years before I really understood who Jesus Christ was. I was a Christian for 10 years just based on religion and faith. But then once my faith was bolstered and I finally started understanding, I got addicted. I started going... This makes sense. And and, and it's so exciting when things make sense. And it's so much easier to tell your friends about Jesus when things make sense. And so I want to challenge you. Please come to this study prepared to find God. Please come to this study um, in the right mind. Please come to this study um, to learn. Again, we're going to be handing out handouts. We're going to be doing a whole bunch of that stuff. Um, online, um, each one of these messages will be recorded. We're also going to try to do that for Sunday mornings. For those of you who go, yeah, I just can't do Sunday mornings because I'm already committed. Or for the Sunday people who say, I, I work in Kaboom or whatever, we're going to try to have those um, recorded so you'll at least be able to hear it. It's also going to be available on Uversion. So on your Bible, on your smartphones, there's a, an app called Uversion. If you have a Bible app, most likely it is Uversion. Um, But the mine has a a piece in version that um, if you click um, version and you go to the mine and you click live, you'll get all the notes. Um, You'll get all the videos, all the different things that we talked about. Um, And so you can follow along. The other thing, and I know this sounds silly. Bring your Bibles. (laughs) Bring your Bibles. Do not trust me. Okay? I'm going to try not to mislead you. I'm going to try not to mislead you. But always verify what anybody says with your Bible. That'll keep you from drinking Kool-Aid in a jungle somewhere. Okay, always—you'll have to look that up. Some of younger one. Okay, always, always bring your Bible. I will be um, speaking out of the NIV not because i love the niv any more than the others it's because i always speak out of the niv at cornerstone because that's what we hand to the visitors and they're the last people i want to confuse okay so um, i always use um the niv so but you can follow along in nasb or whatever uh, king james if, if you want that that's fine okay any questions on that okay again I, sorry tonight it's It actually does say just Bible questions. And so um, tonight was all about sort of prepping us and getting us ready um, um, for the study and getting us going. You guys excited about it? Okay. How many of you have a friend that you think you can bring? Okay, I'm going to put the pressure on you. Okay, bring friends. Let let's fill it up because ultimately we want to send people out with with, with just energy to tell people about Jesus and to learn. How many already have questions about the Bible uh, that you're just waiting for us to get to that point? Good. Keep digging. Keep writing those questions down. I will probably answer those on the specific dates. Okay, are there any questions on anything we talked about tonight? I know we really didn't dig into the Bible, but is there any questions that Yes, sir. Do you find the definition: The scriptural um, definition of generation. When I talk about um, it's been about 40 generations, there isn't really any scriptural definition of it um, because it will change um, a little bit, because the, the timelines of how long people live back there is totally different than right around here, um, but on an average, about 40 years or so. Um, what history does is one of these things. People live a long time, live a real short time, medical. We, we start moving back up. Um, for most of the Bible, after the flood, people, um, before the flood, people were living about 600 to 900 years. And we'll talk about why, by the way. Um, after the flood, something drastically happened that changed, and then people started living, living less, less years, okay? And, and, and we get down to 120, and all of a sudden... And then we get around this area, and people are living pretty short lives, okay? People are living short lives. And that, that would carry on all the way probably just 150 years ago, and then medicine started kicking us back up. I don't know what the current average um, um, lifespan. Anybody know it today? Normally women pop it out first because they live longer. Anyway, about 70 to 80. I'm about 60 on my hostess diet. So, um, so we're, we're, we're somewhere right around... Right around in in that area. But that is a fascinating thing when we start looking at the fact that Adam lived around 900 years old. And and we go, oh man, Adam and Noah are nowhere close to each other. Well, if you actually look at the timelines, Adam and Noah are actually fairly close to each other. Um, Adam didn't die much longer or there wasn't much of a gap between Adam and Noah. And so there's just a bunch of fun things um, um, to look at um, when we get there. So any other real quick, quick shots? You version is Y-O-U version for the phone app? Yes, and we'll put notes. that on the website um, so you can get to it easy. Tonight, there's nothing on there, so if you're looking for it, you're like, there's nothing on there. But um, starting next week, we'll have the notes and everything um, listed on there. And I have another question. Will we be making references to the book of Enoch and Jasper? We will be talking about those extra-biblical um, and apocryphal-type books, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. How quickly after the um, Sunday services will they be available online? How quickly after? The, you mean the Sunday morning? I don't know. I still have to. I still have to buy lunch and dinner for a couple of weeks for the person that's going to be doing that for me. So I got to figure out his his time schedule. Um, but ho- hopefully, fairly soon. And all the handouts. We'll have all the Sunday handouts here here too. Um, and if there's something that's just like. Absolutely critical that happens on Sunday. We're, like when we talk about these characters, they'll be on both days. We'll, we'll, we'll be there. The critical things we'll be covering on both days because there's so much to cover. Okay, we might have different stories about Abraham, but we'll we'll be talking about them on both days. There was a um, show on, I think, the History Channel. A movie that was done by the Bible.
1: How accurate was that?
0: If you saw it, the Bible actually was pretty good. It, it was pretty good. I, I, as far as accuracy, it was, it was fairly good. Acting-wise, eh, uh, but it, was, <laughs> it was fairly good. And it, it's a hard hard thing when you get some of these um, 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 Hollywood movies. I know there's one coming coming out about Noah. Um, so I'm curious how that is. Hopefully pirates don't attack them. But hopefully um, some of these. So we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully turn you on to some of these movies that are really good. Um, the Passion of the Christ was phenomenal. There was some inaccuracies. In, Season there, but for the most part, Passion of the Christ. If you've never seen that, please watch that, because um, that, that brings a whole nother level. Okay. Any other final things? I know some of you are, are chasing out to get kaboomers. Anything? Anything? Bueller? Okay. Alright, let's go ahead and pray. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity um, to start this whole Journey 180. Um, Heavenly Father, I pray that as we begin this, and um, as we begin the reader, um, on um, This Sunday, I, I pray that you enlighten us on wh- exactly what you would have us learn. Each and every one of us in a different place, a different position, different questions. And Heavenly Father, I pray that um, you just hit us all exactly where you need to hit us. Heavenly Father, I pray that um, um, you give us focus, that, um, um, that you give us the understanding that the entire Bible is about one thing, the revealing of Jesus Christ. And for those of us in here who um, love Jesus Christ and we've asked Jesus into our heart, give us the burden to go out and tell our friends. Tell our friends what it means to have a relationship with the creator of the universe. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for its truth. We thank you for its accuracy. Heavenly Father, we thank you um, for the place in history that so many of these um, different people have. Heavenly Father, we thank you for those listed in Hebrews chapter 11 who by faith accomplished so much because they were willing to humble themselves for you. Heavenly Father, we we absolutely love you and we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, if there's someone in here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I thank you that they're here. And I, I just pray that, like me so many years ago, that that they just dig into your word, that they just dig in and find out who this Jesus was. Heavenly Father, we we pray for the whole Journey 180. We pray for the mind. We thank you for those who who give their time, both... um, on, in front of stage and backstage, working the cameras and all that. We thank you for their heart and their devotion to you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for those who are going to be helping on Sunday morning. Um, be with them, encourage them. And uh, I just pray for Cornerstone as we continue to head into this season uh, of growth. Um, give us that vision to, to worship you um, with everything we have, to grow uh, with a longing to, to see our Father, to, to know about Jesus. And to know why we believe what we believe. But Heavenly Father, give us the wisdom to take what we've learned and teach it to others. Make disciples to go out and serve our community. To tell people about the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we love you. Um, Be with us as we go tonight. Thank you for all those kaboomers over there. Um, uh, It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for coming. And excited. Hopefully you guys come next week. Um, And for those that come on Sunday morning, it's at 10.30 in the tent. And they're going to be blowing heat in there. Trust me. Okay.